Happy New Year and welcome to Hand of Pod. Happy New Year ever, it's the 23rd of January, um, so it's not really appropriate, but this is our first episode <laughs> of the um, new decade and the new year. Uh, welcome to 2020, and welcome to Hand of Pod, ladies and gents. I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello, and welcome. English Dan. Hello, and a happy new belated year. And Tony. Hello, everyone. Uh, some of you have already heard a new recording from me uh, this year, because some of you are Patreon supporters. The lucky few. Indeed, say. yes. yes. Uh, the, the generous and kind few who we love very much. We love all of you, but we love our Patreon supporters yes. a little bit more. Um, if you want to get in on that, then you can go to patreon.com. That's P A T R E O N.com slash hand of pod. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can give us as much money as you want, but if you give us $5 a month, um, then you will get a bunch of extra content each month. Um, I have recently uploaded the last couple of the Handapod Extras that we recorded last month. I took my summer break a bit too seriously and just completely forgot to upload them earlier on in January. Um, So one of them went online just a few hours ago. Um, And I also uh, last week recorded um, on my own a little extra to explain one of the situations that we'll be talking about in a bit more depth uh, later on, um, which was at the time why we had only just found out when I recorded exactly what day the Superliga was going to be starting again. Um, but there's also a slightly deeper question of how much longer the Superliga is going to remain the Superliga and what the political situation is, uh, the football political situation, um, regarding all of that. So we'll get into that later on. Because there have been further changes either today. The first I saw of it was today. but It might have been a little bit earlier, but it's definitely this week mm-hmm. to the schedule. Yes. They, they were one month away to postponing day. Yeah, they were. Um, as it is, the Superliga is going to be starting, as we're recording, mm-hmm. it's going to be starting tomorrow. We're recording on Thursday, obviously by the time this goes online, that will be later today. Um, it, I mean, actually, it, it sort of, we've already had the first Superliga game of 2020, but it was one of the last Superliga games of 2019, mm-hmm. as far as the schedule is concerned. Um, because that remaining game from River Plate's Copa Libertadores um, final appearance last year got played. They were away to Independiente. Um, they won 2-1. So I'm assuming, Andres, that you watched that at yes. least. Uh, gents, did you? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't paying particularly close attention, but it was on my TV. Let's review it a little bit yeah. anyway. First of all, Sam, uh, yes. can I ask a question? You can. Um, anyone who's not us and doesn't live in Argentina, how could they watch these games which start um, tomorrow or today? Right. I I wasn't going to um, include this because I actually have forgotten to uh, organise a Skype um, conversation with the sponsor in question. Oh, However, um, there will presumably still be an an offer. They they are continuing to sponsor us, I can confirm. So, 
Um, if you are living outside Argentina and you want to watch the Superliga, then you should go to fntz.co slash hop, uh, which is the website or the, the uh, affiliate link to our friends Fanatis, um, who have streaming rights for the Superliga and many other competitions all around the world. Um, and you should use the code HOPFZ. And as of the end of last year, that code would get you a seven-day free trial, followed by 20% off your first three months with the service. I have no reason to suspect that they're going to change that offer. Um, no. But they did ask me towards the end of last year whether we could have a chat um, about uh, how things are going to be during 2020. And I have completely forgot to respond to them as of yet. Um, but you should get to that. That's fntz.co slash HOP. And the discount code that you need is H-O-P-F-Z. You will be supporting the podcast if you do either. Most of all, though, if you do both of those things. Uh, so please do. And thank Excellent. you for reminding me that. No problem. Uh, what was I saying? We were talking about River. Yeah. And yes, we were. Um, it was. It, the game contained River's, apparently, Marcelo Gachardo's River's first two goals away to Independiente. Yes. Uh, River mm-hmm. hadn't even scored away to Independiente since Gachardo took charge. Uh, it was also, it made it 442 days, was it? Or 443 days or something? Um, that River have not lost an away Superliga match, which sounds incredibly impressive, until I then looked into how many games River had actually played in that time. And a lot of days since they weren't, uh, didn't get to the yeah, leadership. I mean, nobody's played a Superliga game in the previous month and a half anyway. No. So that's 45 days right there for you. <laughs> and uh, River's record in, in that very long, you know, it's like nearly a year and a quarter, um, which sounds impressive and then you look at it and it's nine wins and four draws so it's 13 games which is very good all the same. in a year and a quarter it's yeah. basically an illustration of how few games there are anyway, per team in the Superliga I don't think Marcelo Achardo had uh, been a, since he, he became the coach of, coach of River a lot of games at the Libertadores de America because there were times in which mm. the, the schedule repeated the, the uh, home and away Schedules and, and perhaps there. Uh, of course, we, we we remember the Copa Libertadores uh, match in which they they drew nil nil yes. in the 2019 mm-hmm. Copa Libertadores uh, or 2018. Sorry, 2018. 18, yes. 2018 wasn't it? Uh, lost to Lanús in there. Yes. No, sorry, they didn't go. No, 2018. That was 2017. No, they beat Racing and then they beat Independiente. 2018. Yes. yes. Uh, but then uh, there weren't a lot of matches since uh, for Gallardo uh, uh, being the coach at that stadium. So yeah, it's, it's another illustration of how few games there are because, of course, everybody only plays everyone else once. So yeah. Plus, yeah, I mean, the, the stat they got banded around was when they made the at the beginning of this season. I think it was they they said, look, if you've had your three games in a row in one stadium then it's going to be in the other team's stadium this season we're going to make sure of that and the one that got banded around was that Banfield had played Banfield had played Boca four times in a row at home or something <laughs> like it had been like five or six years since they'd last played an away game in the Bombonera when mm-hmm. they'd been in the same yeah. division for that whole time yeah essentially the league organisers only really looked at the Clasicos the direct Clasicos mm. so they made sure River and Boca were Alternated stadiums, Racing Independiente, alternated stadiums, New Central. And they just kind of left the rest of the 20 odd games that each team plays against each other up to chance, really. Yeah. Which led to these ridiculous situations. Anyway, the game itself um, was quite poor. Yeah. I, I, I didn't feel particularly like we could blame the players too much because it was 
stinking hot on Sunday. Um, yes, even though the temperature had probably gone down a bit by the time it, it kicked off, it was still very high humidity and in, in the mid yeah. to high thirties. I mean, it's a cold saying we could say the Libertadores de América. But okay, all the same. Yeah. Uh, what it, it strikes me uh, the most about the about the game was the the lack of defensive uh, composure for both teams. The both. Kind of suffer for, from, from they, they special. It looks like they've been enjoying their summer breaks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one guy who got a very rough reception, which to say, is um, Javier Pinola. Well, because be- it was his first time going to Independiente uh, since his basically decapitating an Independiente player in in his own box in the Libertadores and getting away with a, yeah, without how, how a penalty or a foul. Or anything. Yeah. yeah, of course. Nembinola had a, a blunder in Independiente all forgotten to so get his mark. Yeah. 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 And then Independiente... It was like compensation, perhaps. Probably, yeah. And the, the first goal <laughs> of River was the most uh, incredible thing because I don't remember the, the name of the Independiente player that lost the ball, but... Leandro Fernandez. Leandro Fernandez. He lost the ball and he said, OK, I'm not going to run the, the player. And I just don't care. And then when the cross came from, from the right... There were more 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 people from from River in independent mm-hmm. box attacking than independent defending. So yeah, that was a goal, obviously. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think the, the the defensive side of the game was the most uh, particular enticing to see. I had a chat with you yeah. I, 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 about that point because it was a very very it was I think very very poor defending from independent, but at the same time it was the first ever. Great cross from Gonzalo Montiel. <laughs> that was a landmark. <laughs> and, um, he, no, so good that that uh, Santa Borre had only to put the head and and, and try. And yeah, it was a perfect cross. Yeah. Yes. But like you said, uh, it wasn't only the the, the job of of, of uh, Borre to to put a, a good header. He was alone. He yes. didn't have any much else to do. Just. Make the movement and score. Indeed. Uh, which round was it in? I'm trying to bring the details mm, up now, gross. but I can't remember where it is. Um, who scored independent this goal? Silvio Romero. Silvio Romero. The goal scorer, top goal scorer of the league. And then Rafael Santos Borre got another one um, <laughs> to ultimately win the game for River with about. Where is it? With about 20 minutes to go. Um, Deserved win for River. It was, I think, the one ugly, which the less bad of, of the both teams yeah. was yeah. River. Yeah. And, uh, I think that um, they had some problems to get. Uh, they, I think the, the formation that Marcelo Schell really wanted to put in the in the in the stadium because, uh, well, apart from the uh, uh, exit of. of um, Ezequiel Palacios it was De La Cruz who was suspended mm-hmm. from the uh, 2019 and uh, Juan Ferpintero who had some stomachache I think or some problems yeah. in his stomach gastroenteritis yes uh, which isn't nice which that's me about something that's going to relate to this weekend oh. the suspended bit but we can circle back later if you yes. if you're, okay we'll try yes, yes that made uh, Gallardo decide to uh, uh, built a five defenders uh, formation. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. So it was Ricardo Rojas, 
Paolo Diaz and Javier Pinola as the centre backs with Montiel and Casco as wing backs. Yes. Um, but Casco was more a midfielder than the Robert Rojas, isn't it? Yes. Robert. No, it's Robert Rojas, yes, isn't yes. it? Yeah, sorry, I've just got the first initials up here and it's been <laughs> such a long time since we talked about any of them, especially him, he's barely played. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is Robert Rojas. Sorry. Even, even when Montiel was more a, a midfielder than the defender, in fact, he was the one who uh, stole the ball to Leonardo Fernandez and went uh, with the ball, a lot, a lot with the ball with no defenders or not. Uh, I think it was Casco who stole the ball and then he passed it to Montiel. Montiel and then yes. the wing. Yeah. Uh, it was said that... that uh, um, Suarez uh, uh, participated in the play, but he wasn't there. Hmm. Uh, he was Casco to Montiel, and Montiel uh, with the cross, and, and Moray with the header. Um, yeah, Matias Suarez did provide what I thought was the highlight, apart from the, the, the goal, uh, I thought the highlight of the first half. He provided an absolutely delicious pass at one point. Uh, just a perfect amount of curve and fade, took it away from the, the, the defender and straight onto Rafael Santos Borre's foot, but Santos Borre was offside. Uh, but it was ah, I mean, yes, seriously, so. it was, so, it was yes. like Burkamp esque, and it was, it was just good. like, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And the flag was up, it was such a shame. Yes. So, the big question is now River top on goal difference ahead of Argentinos yes. Juniors. It means that River are top of the league uh, yes. with Argentinos, as Dan says, both on 30 points. Having played their reserve side for, I wouldn't say most, but a fair chunk of the yes, Liga so far. So, yeah. Now that Presumably, they'll be playing a first-choice side, albeit without Palacios. That's their only real departure, right? They've done well to keep yeah. the, the bulk of the squad. That's all right might, now, yeah. yeah there is, they might have lost a couple more. There is some talk that they might yeah. lose Juan Fernando Quintero to Ajax. Mm. Uh, and then apparently after... Apologies the after Andres, that, rumor, that sounds like a fantastic move. The day after that, rumor, Ajax was said to be interested in another player as well who isn't anywhere near as important for River as Quintero is. Uh, he's sort of on the fringes of the first team squad and I can't remember who it was. Ah, um, but yeah, basically I think River fans are probably... We, we are going to have a Could bit he? of a transfer round there's not much to talk yeah. about. Sosa, yes. yes. Um, but uh, I think River fans more than most teams are probably just praying that the transfer window closes as soon as possible. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And so my question is, given that they're probably the best team in Argentina, I don't think there's that much discussion to be had over that fact, can... They hold on and get Marcelo Gallardo's first league title, especially since they won't have the excuse of playing kids in Superliga because I think the Libertadores starts just after the penultimate round or something yeah. like that. Maybe. But I think the, the worst for me the most about Rivers, they don't put new blood in their team. They already have a kind of uh, short uh, squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can put kids, and most of the kids that uh, Gajardo played, they, they, they did well. So maybe he's relying on them. Yeah. But they do have a thin squad, a couple of, of, of injuries there, here and there, and it's going to be difficult for her. I, I, I don't understand why they're so passive right now. Yeah. Maybe a couple of, of loans, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying they have to, to, to buy big. But other few bodies in the, in the squad. Yeah, you think so, right? I mean, considering that they're going to be playing the Libertadores again. And the Copa de Superliga when, when this ends. And the Copa de Superliga, all that jazz. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I don't think there's much doubt that the starting eleven on its day is capable of beating any other team in Argentina. Yeah. The question will be, even playing one, one game a week, as they will be for the next month or so anyway, um, can they all stay fit? 
It's been the gamble that Gashado's taken throughout his time, really, isn't it? At no point have River had an enormous squad, even even though for most of that time they've had the best or one of the best starting 11s in, yeah. in the country. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess we've criticised him, we, we did right before we went away at the end of the year, we've criticised him for, for not really caring at all about the Superliga and just prioritising the Cups all the time, prioritising a, a trophy every six months, but at no point in the league trophy. Mm. Um which I guess is on the one uh, what comes first the chicken or the egg right <laughs> yeah <laughs> do they have a small squad because they don't care about the league or do they have to not care about the league because they don't have the finances to, to build a new I mean you know uh, if you follow Rivers fans accounts on the, the sort of political fan accounts and stuff on, on Twitter then by all accounts the, the club's finances still aren't in a fantastic state which you would think yeah. after the amount of success that they've had um, they really should be in a fantastic state, but some of the commercial deals maybe weren't the smartest. Obviously, there's, there, there is talk about them uh, insisting at the end of the year on on a renegotiation of the Adidas contract, largely because of how Adidas have come into Boca and have been really nice, and they've given them a custom, a bespoke kit, and they've promised them the earth, and they've started selling Boca kits in in the Adidas shops all around the world. So if you're a Boca fan and you're listening, you know, then you're local uh, online your local country's Adidas shop uh, will probably have a Boca kit available but you probably won't be able to find a River kit in spite of the fact that as we mentioned a couple of times last year Adidas and River is one of the longest running uh, kit deals in in world football Mm -hmm. I think it's only behind Adidas and Bayern Mm -hmm. Um, and and yeah I must say Roberto Rodolfo D'Onofrio the River president has has become quite irate about this in recent days he he does see it as a bit of disrespect no Uh, totally I must say uh, I can understand that Boca, you know, Boca have Maradona, Boca have this mystique. Uh, they've got a, a slightly bigger worldwide name. but And I can understand there would be some distance between Boca and River when it comes to the so commercial if, side of marketing. But, but if you're marketing that them much today... Dif- but that much difference. I if, mean, and if you're marketing them today to kids at the moment, to people around mm. the world whose most recent memory of River and Boca, the biggest recent memory in the last couple of years of River and Boca is a Copa Libertadores final which River won yeah. uh, then not even making the effort to say oh maybe we should try and sell River's shirt in, in some, maybe in Spain you know where the match was held yeah well they did a special but even here in this. Argentina like yeah. the distance commercially yeah. between Boca and River is much bigger than it should be and some yeah, of that is smart management and, and it's the kind of stuff that we yeah. have criticised especially on Hannah Pod Extra that we've criticised uh, the macrization, macrization, is that macrization? Uh, of macrization. Boca. The whole, the, the way that post Mauricio Macri's presidency of Boca Juniors, not of Argentina, the club has kind of stripped out everything that's not the bare essentials to do with professional men's football. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that River has has consistently refused to do, and so, so yeah. a lot of that is the reason for Boca having this big commercial drive in comparison. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, in in, in modern football, when you sign a, a kit deal you're signing over part of the responsibility for doing that marketing side of things. And I think yes. River have an extent, there is an extent to which they can feel a bit shortchanged well, by Adidas in that respect. Adidas made a, a special edition shirt, but it wasn't really marketed. Mm. And uh, to be honest, it's not really, really a, a special edition shirt in, in terms of the, you look at it and you d- didn't, you don't say, oh, this is a shirt about the final. Yeah. Uh, uh, like the, the one... Um, that supposedly wasn't a, a homage to the Torino shirt. 
I mean, which is every other river. Yeah, it's just it's just a template. I mean, the the color, yes, it's it's Torino's one, but if you look at it, it's just a template. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Mm. Uh, even though I I, I agree that uh, I think the river directors or well, the uh, marketing perhaps uh, area is not great in the case of river, and they don't take advantage of the popularity that river has, and the, the, what you mentioned is a proof of that. Uh, I think that the, the deal between Boca and Adidas is, was, I, I think, kept between Boca and, and Adidas International, not Adidas Ar Argentina, I think, hmm. which is a difference because, because River and I think all of the teams that have deal with the, with the brand is from, for the local, uh, yeah. the local uh, yeah. uh, brand. Uh, so it will be different in that case, but... Uh, but also you have to, to understand that it was an opportunity to, to Adidas. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to pay a lot more, had to pay a little bit more than the Nike was paying, was around 10 million. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, if you put 11 million, you have Boca Juniors. Yeah. You should do it, you, you don't mm -hmm. think too much about it. And uh, in, in South America, the only team that actually matters to, to, to Adidas is Flamengo, because the, the, the sell shirts are amazing. Flamengo is yeah, right. basically, the, the entire fan base of, of Flamengo is the, the population of Argentina. Yeah. More or less. More or less. So, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Uh, the only team that can almost compete on that level because they've got, well, say, Inter uh, Comillas, in quotation marks, half of Argentina plus a lot of fans outside Argentina. And that's something not really any other. But, the, but then, the, Argentine club with, can claim. With, with that in mind, if you put 11 million and you have Boba Junior's time for 10 yeah. years. You, you do it. You just do it. You yeah. don't think too much about it. No, totally. Anyway, that was that began as a discussion of um, whether River are going to win the league or not. Indeed, um, I think they that don't was the have point difficult games. To to, yeah, yeah. Not for the rest of, the, of they, they, they don't have to play any teams that right now are qualifying for both the Libertadores and the Sudamericana. See, they have got Godoy Cruz away this weekend. So in a, as uh, our friend River in English pointed out. Mendoza is River's favourite city. <laughs> they always win there. And Godoy Cruz at bottom of the table and crap. River are the best away record, I think. Uh, so they've got Godoy Cruz away on Saturday night. Then they play Central Córdoba de Santiago del Estero at home. Then they're away to Unión. Then they've got back-to-back -back home games against Banfield and Defensa y Justicia. They're away to Estudiantes. Javier Mascherano's Estudiantes, let's not forget. They've got a bit of a reunion there on the 23rd of February. Um, or the weekend of the 23rd of February oh no hang on no that, that's been announced already it's 23rd of February 21.45 that's odd um, although it says here River Defensa Justicia is also going to be on the 23rd of February so maybe my average <laughs> mistakes uh, then in March they are away to Atletico Tucumán and that's it away to Liga de Quito oh that's the last league game is it yeah oh, that's, so it the, is, yeah. that's the last Super League game I mean only Atletico to one which is 11th right now yeah. they're playing Liga de Quito three days afterwards in the first Libertadores game so wouldn't surprise me if they put out a second string uh, team away to Atletico Tucumán even if the title's on the line given nah, what we've seen from Gashan no River chance. in the past no throwing the title Racing's way in 2014 so they can win the Sudamericana semi-final um, yeah, I suspect for the first the game of a group stage no, no chance but um yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look massively intimidating for yeah. a team of River's abilities. No doubt they're going to drop points during this, because they always do, because they don't <laughs> care about the league. And let's not forget as well that the two league leaders so far, 16 
matches in, uh, River and Argentinos both only have 30 points. It's less than two points a game. Um, so if that trend continues, then whoever does win the league is going to finish with fewer than 44 points because there are only seven games left. It's another record for a little bit. Um, which over 23 matches is crap. It's rubbish, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, now that we've said that, River will probably win all seven of their remaining games and <laughs> Dinos will only drop two points or something. But um, at the moment, it doesn't look like we're going to have a very promising points total for this year's, this season's championship. Yes, it doesn't sound quite, quite difficult. Uh, but anyway, you mentioned that Mendoza, or well, River in English guy, that Mendoza is a favorite mm. province of, uh, for River. And uh, I think it, that it, it won't be that uh, favorite for the fans of supporters because they are allowed to go there. But they, I, as it was said, that the price of the tickets were uh, hilariously expensive. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, 100,000 pesos, which will be... 100,000 pesos? No, no, 1,000 pesos. Oh, sorry, okay. okay. <laughs> you, sorry. No, no, no not, not that much. Not that much. Uh, 1,000 pesos for the popular or the cheapest uh, tickets and 3,000 for the... Uh, will be the preferential... Uh, uh, Stands, hmm. so it will be yes quite hard, and, and the tickets will, will be sold only will be sold only in the, in, Pro, in Mendoza. So you can't buy them yeah. via internet or online ticketing. So you have to go there for the fans that are situated here, for example, hmm. and see if they can get the, the tickets. Yeah, it's, so it's going to be the neutral area yes. in inverted commas again, rather yes. than uh, designated away yeah. area. We suspect um, it's going to be a tight title title race as we're just coming back from the summer break we should remind everybody um, of what the standings are like so River and Argentinos as we've said several times now both have 30 points first and second um, in third and fourth are Boca and Lanús who both have 29 points they're only one behind in fifth two behind the leaders are Belles with 28 in sixth three behind the leaders are Arsenal de Sarandí with 27 points in seventh eighth And ninth, all with 26 points, and therefore all only four points behind the leaders, are Rosario Central, Racing, and San Lorenzo. All of whom have been shite. Yep. This season. Uh, They shouldn't be anywhere near the top. In 10th and 11th, with 25 points each, are Newells and Atletico Tucumán. In 12th and 13th, with 24 points each, are Tacheres and Estudiantes. And therefore, only two victories separate Tacheres, who are, uh, separate Estudiantes, who are 13th from the top of the table. Uh, that's how tight it is. Six points separate the top 13. The reason I've stopped there is that there is then a gap of three points to 14th place Defensa Justicia and 15th place Independiente. Um, but uh, it, if, if River do slip up, you know, if, if River uh, do their normal thing of looking like they don't particularly care about the league, then... I'm not even going to say who do we think is going to win it because the whole point is that it, it's anybody else's. If, if it's not River, then it could be any of the other lot, even mm -hmm. though River are, for, for reasons we've just discussed, probably favourites. Indeed. Good. On your television right now, by the way, is another of those River transfer uh, rumours. Gonzalo Montiel was said to be uh, being sounded out by West Ham United, but um, they were obviously impressed with that cross the other day. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> But according to Marcelo Gachardo, 
it wasn't good enough for Red Bull, well, so they've said that. Better than Sabaleta. <laughs> Um, yes, I, I, I was uh, talking with Tony, I, I thought it was uh, MLS club, well, it was West, West Ham, hmm. but they offered a, a loan, six-month loan, and then 10 million, uh, I think, which, what, the release clause is 20, and it will be quite obvious that by that uh, sum of money, it will be quite impossible for River to release him. Yeah, uh, potentially more interesting football-wise than the title race, I, I guess... We have to wait and see whether River win a few games in a row, first of all, and then it might turn into a bit of a one-horse race up the top. But the relegation battle uh, is very much alive, because let's not forget that Gimnasia were in really good form towards the end of the year. This is true. They are still bottom of the relegation table, uh, but they've now managed to edge their way just above one point a game. They've got 70 points from 68 matches. Patronato have 72 from 68. Aldo have 45 from 41. That's the relegation zone. And then Central Cordoba de Santiago del Estero have only 16 games played, but they've got 18 points from them, so they're just about safe. Um, it's still going to take a monumental effort for Gimnasia to claw anything back. But having been 14 points or something, was it, behind yeah. uh, when Maradona took over, they're now 10 behind Colón, who are in, in the safe positions. They're just above Central Cordoba um, with 80 points from 68 games. Um, and they'll have their Copa, so Copa Superliga too. Fun. Oh, they've got the Copa Super League, of course, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, thank you for reminding me of that. They've mm-hmm. got far more than just the seven games to go with the, the championship. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see that. One potentially complicating thing, and what I was going to try to do was to stick to largely on-the-pitch stuff in the first half of this podcast and do mm-hmm. some of the off-the-pitch stuff after the, the musical break. Right. Uh, but this kind of segues in with Gymnasia because a potential complication is that... And I'm really... I'm still slightly unsure whether I've just misunderstood a massive joke or whether this is something that's actually happening. Diego Maradona's taken the Venezuela job. Has he? Or he's taken some sort of... He's doing. Some, he's he in was, Venezuela at the moment. He was in Venezuela um, until very recently, yeah. Mm. I don't know if he just went to uh, say hello to Maduro. He was in Venezuela until yesterday, I think. He went yeah. to give some sort of political hand to, to Maduro. Yeah. Um, and then he flew back and they were, he had to make several... Um, Promises about how he was definitely going to be back for him last year's Super League match, which is tomorrow on, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I read, a, it must have just been a joke I misunderstood on Twitter, but somebody was like, oh, Maradona's going to take the Venezuela job and do that while also being in charge of well, Venezuela. Well, Venezuela doesn't have a coach. I made a joke right along now. those lines as well. Venezuela, uh, Venezuela doesn't have a coach right now. No, exactly. No, they don't know who resigned. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, why not? I, at least I think that they were talking to him about doing it, uh, which. It would be complicated, wouldn't it? Yeah, I nothing's guess. confirmed right now. It's really a okay. football manager, though. <laughs> it, it really is. A football manager yeah. thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was rumoured that somebody will do that between Sevilla and, and Argentina. Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> yes, as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, the logistics are, are very interesting. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, for anybody who's not familiar with the geography of South America and who, who hasn't heard all of our episodes in which we talk about the enormous travel distances involved in the Libertadores. Anyway, from Madonna, Canada, the, not to way. mention the difficulties in actually traveling to Argentina. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to to Venezuela, Venezuela, so. yeah, you can only get in and out via Panama. Basically. And the difficulties for Madonna to move, so it's <laughs> really, really hard. Yeah. Um, but we shall see. Right now, we've only been recording half an hour. This is a very short normal first half of the podcast Uh, but I'm going to call a break and when we come back we'll talk about some off-pitch football politics things because that's what we always really like to talk about anyway so we're going to refill our glasses Uh, for now don't go away 
Welcome back. We will begin uh, with a bit of what I talked about to 100 Pod Extra listeners last week. Um, we know now that the Superliga is restarting tomorrow, as we've said already, mm-hmm. but there was talk before that it might be rescheduled um, to begin instead at a future date. Um, instead, what ended up happening was that they have compromised a little bit. It's going to be starting as scheduled tomorrow. Um, and then round 18, which was originally going to be played in the middle of next week, which was going to complicate things for us a little bit, is going to be put back and, and rescheduled for a later date. So we'll have round 17 this weekend, round 19 the weekend after that, and round 18 they're going to get to later on. And then if needs be to make the calendar work, um, the Copa Superliga semi-finals might be shunted to a one-off game rather than two-legged ties. To be able to fit round 18 of the Superliga in. Because of Candida. Why yeah. has all of this been happening? And we want a slightly more detailed answer than because Argentina. So, um, <laughs> because of the, with the change of the. When, when <coughs> I think the change of president, not of AFA, but the president of Argentina, made some clubs or some teams uh, think that they, they would, the better idea would be to go back to the AFA. And close uh, or uh, expire the contract with Superliga. Uh, that's mainly. That's one reason. Yeah. Um, so, so there are some of these clubs. Let's not forget, haven't always been particularly um, strongly supportive of the Superliga. Anyway, it's not like this was a unanimous thing. Um, the the more immediate reason was that basically the AFA got fed up with the clubs who didn't want to release players for the ongoing. Olympic Games qualifying tournament mm-hmm. um, if you want to hear a preview of the Olympic Games qualifying tournament which was uh, uploaded today one and a half <laughs> rounds into the Olympic Games qualifying <laughs> tournament uh, they've become a hand of pop two rounds in and you'll be able to oh yeah. they played two, two already yeah. I yeah. Been, uh, Argentina have only played one because they had a free game a free ah uh, right three I, I knew Argentina had only played one and therefore I thought that we were one and a half in an Argentina second game was, was nah. to come but okay um, then yeah then get on to Patreon um so the clubs didn't want to release things. AFA wrote a letter to the Superliga saying, look, the Superliga is supposed to be supporting national teams, all of Argentina's national teams. Uh, this was the agreement that we came to. Um, you should put back the restart of the season until after the uh, Olympic Games qualifying tournament is done. Yeah. The, the, the competition in question uh, lasts until, is it the first weekend of February or something, or the first I full week? I think so, yeah. Um, so, and obviously... Later. Being Olympic Games, it's under 23, and therefore, in a league where some very young players can become very important to their teams, it's not like, you know, we're not talking like the Premier League being unaffected by the Under-18 World Cup or something. It's much more like, it it actually can be problematic for some of these clubs. Mm -hmm. Um, Among the people who voted against the Superliga's proposal to carry on as planned... And therefore, on the side of the AFA, rather surprisingly, uh, one of them was Marcelo Tinelli, the president of San Lorenzo, um, who, of course, has been one of the biggest uh, supporters of the Superliga project uh, since it was first uh, mentioned. So the, the divide doesn't split completely perfectly between people who always wanted the Superliga to happen, people who were never really that happy with the Superliga, and therefore on the AFA side of the argument. It, it's not quite as simple as that. But it has caused a bit of a conversation about how much longer the Superliga is going to last as a separate entity from the AFA. And there is a lot of talk that next season or the season after, 
uh, we could be going back to having a Primera División mm-hmm. of AFA rather than the Superliga. Basically, as if the Premier League was resubsumed back under the auspices of the Football League in England. Um, the is question this likely is this. I think the question that won't be answered, and, and because it doesn't have an answer, is why the the clubs or the teams wanted to postpone the, the, the restart of the uh, Superliga when they already knew the dates and the schedule of the... Yeah, the fixture list has been confirmed since yeah. July. And this is why it wasn't rescheduled as well. Yeah. The Confirming the fixture list in July is counted as a regulation for the season in the Superliga. And because it was a season regulation in the Superliga, they had to hold a vote in which it got two-thirds of the votes or more in order to overturn it. Um, and what actually happened was that 15 of the 24 clubs voted to overturn that regulation. I mean, they voted on the AFA's side of the argument to, to delay the restart of the season. Nine of them voted against, but two-thirds of 24, maths fans, 16, and therefore they fell short by one vote. And that's why the Superliga is restarting tomorrow. Uh, not because they actually won the vote, but because they didn't win it, they didn't lose it by enough. Um, and it's also so then the, the subsequent bit about rescheduling round 18 went to it wasn't a regulatory change because it didn't have to do with the date the season restarted it was just a, a general rescheduling of a round there's a different clause for that and therefore any vote at all any majority at all would have been enough to, to reschedule it and it was unanimous mm-hmm. so from the Superliga's point of view they got the two results the wrong way round it should have been <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> restart unanimous and fifteen nine for the other thing, uh, but they got it the wrong way around. Um, so yeah, it, but it is kind of it, it's it, it's been very confusing. Um, and it has indeed. It, yeah. it, the really bizarre thing with this, given some of the stories that we've had to report on at this time of year throughout Handapod's existence, uh, is that it's all finished with actually they're just going to kick off as planned. Normally we'd be going. So when are we going to see some football? Well, two or three weeks I mean it's got resolved what four days before the season was actually going to kick off so mm. it's fairly last minute um, my take on this is that what you have to understand about the AFA and most of the clubs is that I mean I don't want to call them sheep because that might be a little bit harsh let's call them weather veins okay. uh, they move in the direction in which the wind was blowing Mm-hmm. I think that when this new Superliga format was um, was introduced, it was proposed, it passed with unanimous approval from, from all the clubs um, because the president of Argentina, Macri, was in favour of this kind of new European-style, Spanish-style, independent uh, top division. Well, also the new look after came into it a little bit as well with the post The new Lukafa, which did exactly what Grandana did every single year, mm-hmm. um, which was agree with whoever was, was in charge of their country. Uh, now, the clubs feel like there might be a change of direction. You must say that the, the new government hasn't said anything really about football. They've had kind of more pressing priorities to deal with like the massive debt that Argentina has to pay with pretty much the entire world and 50% inflation which arguably is more important than football I don't know I'll let our our listeners decide I think really it all boils down to the same question as always the clubs have 
spent all the money they had from TV and from Superliga. Um, they're broke and they need more. And they feel like this is a point which they can leverage to either push Superliga into giving them more money, which would be great, or changing the whole thing, the whole um, structure of Argentine football once again, bringing the AFA back in, bringing the government back in, and maybe getting more money out of it, which would also be fine. It's a fairly cheeky um, way of saying, look, give us more money or we're going to vote against you and you're out on your ass. Uh, to Superliga yeah back then mm. it was a debate between uh, oh, do we have more money or do we have more liberty in a way because right now they're a little bit tied mm-hmm. the clubs I mean they have to to run as Superliga wants to run be run uh, there is a few things about regulations that are um, being discussed between AFA and Superliga between how many yellow cards has a player if he's suspended or not or when yeah. a suspension is not a suspension which I yeah. was hinting at earlier when, when, a tra- when a transfer isn't a transfer as we were talking yeah. about if there's a lot of discrepancies about it um, I mean the, the, the clubs the little clubs the clubs that are not from from one side from the city of one side they saw more money from the Super League I mean I'm, let, let's be honest on this there's a, a more fair share of money but, but also the, the other League, clubs like Nus, Pam, yes Gymnasia, these kind of clubs are, are they the same or yeah. less, yeah. And also, we have to to put into perspective that as most of the last government promises, uh, they promised to to compete as a as a product mm-hmm. with uh, this this the Spanish league and then um, French league. We, we we couldn't say against the Premier League because obviously it's probably the, the biggest product as a league. Having football. Well, I mean, I don't think we should really be saying the Spanish league. Nah, nah, either. But Probably not. That was the idea. That was the idea. But Javier the Debas, the, the head of La Liga, was the person who came over here and gave them conferences and PowerPoint presentations about how to do it all. And the thing that he obviously missed out, or just that he must have said at some point and they forgot, was just stick to one fucking format and have a proper league championship <laughs> yeah. because that is what people want to watch. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they should have done all of the lowering the number of clubs down to 22 or 20 or 18 or however many they want to take it down to get to a proper league season where everybody plays everybody else home and away through the season and then gone to the world and said look we've got this product and the people who are going to be the best players in your leagues in 5 or 10 years time are playing in our league right now so maybe you want to watch it which is what they're trying to sell them you know they call it La Liga donde nacen las estrellas the league where stars are born Um, but just we feel on this podcast I feel that we have a fairly good idea of how many people in the English speaking world at least are interested in watching Argentine football we love you all very dearly yeah. we very much enjoy doing this podcast for you well, but we can count you all almost on our collective hands off, yeah exactly <laughs> like, but and, and then you regress it because at that time uh, we were promised I mean as, a, as a spectators and people that watch the, the games that we will see the same technology when it comes from, from the, the quality <laughs> And the 4K and whatnot, and right now we're we're running with teams that doesn't have the proper structure to to run the cameras, and the the, the, the league that everything was based on the, the Spanish league is is, is going to have like interviews, Jedi style with holograms. I mean, we went farther apart than when we started mm. in in terms of what we wanted to to or they what they wanted to 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 achieve. For the club directors, I think you saw the same. The difference is uh, where the money comes from. Yeah. 
uh, is they don't, they they don't want to look the sponsor the sponsor ended up being uh, uh, things that most most of them were are apps. I mean, Cabify and Rappi and... But then we do get to see the brilliant spectacle every game of the ball, the match ball the, being the taken off the field on a remote control car. And I'm not normally a fan Who of give that up? In, in any normal field. I'd be against modern mm. football, but the, the Cabify remote control <laughs> car is yeah. by far the best thing. And the Shell one as well, where they, I don't know, they hire a Venezuelan to cycle onto the pitch and take it out of the, of the bag, more or less. That's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, also, the idea of, of interviews with holograms, it might be a good way of getting Diego Maradona to stand still for a post-match interview. Which <laughs> in a big chair, right? <laughs> Rather than just marching across the pitch. He just marches off and he ends up talking as a blank. But, yeah, yeah I mean, with some poor bloke scuttling along with a... Uh, yeah, the name's my favourite post-match image yeah. of any of the But, games. yeah, when the Superliga started, we, we were thinking... Uh, I mean, the, the people that run the, the, the Superliga and tried to, to sell it to the clubs... I mean, they fall short by a lot. Mm, so, indeed. Um, other off-pitch issues, then. <laughs> now that we've covered to an extent that, is there other stuff going on? There must be. There was other stuff I wanted to talk about. Uh, what's going on with this? Is back on the pitch. What's going on with the the, the pre-Olympico then? Because I have to admit, I've not really caught any of it during the summer break. I tend mm-hmm. to just enjoy the fact and more than anything my girlfriend really enjoys the fact that I don't have to watch loads of football yeah. uh, and therefore I felt a bit guilty about kind of going oh there's, there's an under 23 game on and therefore I've not come on Sam it was on at 10.30 on a yeah. Sunday night exactly, what were yeah. you doing well yeah. we were still awake she was still awake if it had been on at two hours later then she'd have gone to bed already and I'd have been able to watch it but. well if you want to feel better about us yes. our prediction sure. it's more or less on point. Okay, I can't remember what our prediction was. To we, were talking, refresh our yeah, we were talking that Argentina had a, a strong side. Uh, they're probably going to rely uh, on goals with Gaich, which uh-huh. is what happened. We talk about the Brazils had a strong side. Mm-hmm. The, they're very good. Very they're very, very good. good. Yeah. I watched them last night uh, against Uruguay and they yeah. turned them over, basically. Yeah. And they, every team has a couple of players that may have or may do a difference, like Carrascal, the number <laughs> player with Colombia, mm-hmm. which is doing really well. They score a pretty nice goal. So, yeah, Argentina right now it's not into the qualification spot because, like Dan said, they have a free um, round two. Yeah. They play a. Yeah, one so, but they, they won the, the only one they played against Colombia 2 1, mm-hmm. and it was how entertaining. But uh, yeah, I think the who, who got the goals in that game? Uh, Alexis McAllister got the first one. Oh, that's um, right. I heard that was a really good goal, right? Yeah, Africa, yeah. And McAllister got himself. Yeah, yes. So McAllister got himself sent off in. So he won't be playing tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. That's interesting because they will be playing at the same time that Union Argentinos will be also. Cool. Which is, of course, you are, the discussion is oh yes, Superliga and the Preolimpico and the and the twenty three and. Um, yeah, the only so there, in fairness, there are four Super League games tomorrow. Yes, yes. we will talk about briefly when we do Mystic Sam. Um, so Argentina's remaining game. Like when, when's, when are they next playing then? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. And then at the same time, Chile. you said that already. But against Ecuador. Chile. And then Transilia. Oh, against then twenty-seven Chile. against Ecuador, and then thirty against. Venezuela. Chile, which are the leaders yeah. of the group, because they won two of their matches. So twenty-seventh is Monday. They're yes. playing Ecuador. They play every three days. Um, Thursday. Venezuela. Jolly good. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the other group, Brazil are top. Top six, six points. Points yes. in two games. 
and then Paraguay and Uruguay probably gonna decide which one of of them are gonna hold the five on the group because Very Peru good. and Bolivia, I don't think we're gonna cut it. What is the sh- uh, schedule? No, uh, the um, format of this competition. The it's top two teams of... from each group go through to the final group, and the top two teams from the, the final, final group go, go to the Olympics. Excellent. Good. I, I know that we already answered that on Handball Extra, but a, as I've already said, I can't remember what we said because it was over a month ago, and b. Lots of people listening to this won't have heard it. So it is it's only two groups. Yes, two groups of five, and the two and the top teams have got to a group so of four. Ten teams in South America, Andres. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome to the continent. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it is incredible that they were there will be four uh, qualificate qualifications and then two. No, because it's only two spots around. for the Olympics. Oh, yeah. For the under twenty World Cup, there are four spots, so they always do a six team fun group. Okay. In the under twenty championships, and yes, that. yeah, yeah, and the and under seventeen championships. Yeah. yeah, this one it feels a bit more competitive, actually. They, it is, yeah. This no, kind of it's format. a high standard. Like from what I've seen, I've seen Argentina play, Colombia, then Brazil, Uruguay, and it's a lot higher standard than the under twenties because obviously uh, players of 23, 22, 21 tend to be they're not children, as yeah, which is a phrase Sam always likes to use for for games of. This nature, yeah, yeah. We were they're talking about the preview. Uh, they're players. We were talking about it in the preview, especially in Argentina and Brazil. You have familiar names at some point. Yeah, uh, Arthur Paulinho for Brazil and the McAllister guy, uh, Palacio, Saracho, Saracho for, 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 yeah. for yeah. So established first team players or there or thereabouts. Yeah. So what time is the match, the Argentina match tomorrow? Then I can't remember what time the Union. It's, it's, it's in. 10.30 I think it's 10 Argentina 30. time yeah because it's in 10.30 Argentina okay I might be able to get away with putting that on a split screen having that on the TV and the other game on the telly then yeah it goes here late because they're in Colombia so yes Good. okay we will see If that's if I'm back from the pub anyway um, <laughs> but yeah so any other oh transfer stuff that was the other off pitch thing that we I have a question on that shall we link it in with the we have with the listeners questions before we go to the listeners questions which I'm going to bring up on my screen now um, the thing that I mentioned earlier about uh, when we were saying what's a suspension and what's not a suspension between the Super League and the AFA I did say uh, very briefly what is a transfer and what not what isn't a transfer and that's because um, the AFA have said that Huracan are allowed to sign players. But the Superliga reckon that Huracan aren't allowed to sign players because they've given them a transfer bound for one window or something like that. Um, And therefore, are Huracan signing players, Tony? You've got the... uh, They have two. They have signed players, okay. One of them is a return from loan. No. The two I'm seeing as as a, you know, bot players. Oh, right, right. You're no, that's a return right. from love. For Fernando Cosiuk and Lucas Campana. I mean, I don't think we're going to... Okay, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. We don't really know what's going on with Orican, and I can't remember why they might have been given a transfer back. I think we the did... the same reason as San Lorenzo, right? San Lorenzo got one as well, didn't they? Yeah. they? San Lorenzo had it overturned, but Orican didn't. For what I'm... Yeah. Do they have the point that's actually... Yes, yeah, yeah. The article says that they have two players. One is a return from loan, and the other one eats a free signing, because didn't have any team but yeah. they can negotiate with another team they can pay money I see so that, that's what they can only says. sign players on freeze basically okay. yeah good so anyway moving on to listeners questions now we've had a fair few people have been very curious obviously we've been away for a while um, miss us. we had one as much as 10 days ago from Joseph Correct. Sexton who says 
How will Ricky Centurion fare with Beres Sarsfield? There is an article with him here, Joseph lives in Spain, in El País today. Um, it's adventurous. They've announced today that they're giving him the number seven shirt. And I think that that might be something that they could regret if they're seeing it as that vital to the team. <laughs> Um, they have apparently signed him on some kind of pay-to-play deal, though. Like they're not actually giving. I've him heard much of a basic several versions, right? versions of this. I heard initially that they'd signed him, but with all sorts of clauses in his contracts, along the lines of if he beats another girlfriend or mm. gets drunk and beats up someone else, it was, or a, it was a fairly long contract. More red lights in Lanús, or another car. basically looking at every single eventuality it's, that could possibly for any Simpson reference it's a Simpson Donny Don't and Donny Doll like something like a lot yeah. of don'ts but then apparently that was crap and the, it was just a standard uh, oh, really? contract oh. so well they did I mean Santoriani can either if, be if really working for Vélez's contracting department <coughs> then I would have looked at those rumours and gone oh that's a good idea maybe we should <laughs> renegotiate but what they did what they did Vélez did <coughs> was to uh, make like a how how can you put it? Uh, they talk with the uh, some kind of secretary of the gender or something. They do like have a, a, a women's mm. yes. of, yeah, yeah kind of secretary. Yes. I mean, he could either be a good player or it could burst into glorious flames. This transfer. Just just for either his career to date, we know which of those is more likely. A little no, bit of one, and then a lot of the other. Yeah. yeah. Just to, to say yeah. quickly, we have another. A player that is kind of have a not equal but similar situation, which is Brian Fernandez. Mm. He went to Cologne after playing football in Timbers, where where he relapsed from the drug addiction. Mm. He left for free mm. and went to Cologne, which is uh, the team of his childhood. For what he's saying, I didn't know, but. First, they saying they were saying that he was missing uh, training because of a of a flu, but now it's a personal matter. So yeah. I'm, I don't I know. Think of a less I obvious. I really don't know how Cologne is handling that. Can you just? Sorry, Tony. I know yeah. who you're talking about, but in in my earphones, I missed the first name. So for the benefit of listeners, can sure. you repeat the name? Brian Fernandez, Brent which Brandes. is a player that started rushing. No, defensive no. justicia. Went to Racing. He was suspended for for doping. For cocaine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Went to Mexico where he was awry. Yeah. Uh, playing well. No cocaine in Mexico at all. Right. Then went to 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 Poland Timbers, and I remember talking with with, with people, uh, journalists from from the MLS, saying, "Okay, it's it's a gamble because they do have the, the psychology yeah. uh, people to to help." Uh, He's got a goals in MLS. He, right? he he did well for yeah. the first. Five months and then yeah. apparently he relapsed and was released and now he's playing for Cologne where apparently, I mean, he has personal matters to attend. I really don't know what that means. Luckily, there's no cocaine in Santa Fe. No, not at all. No, that's fine. Yeah, he'll be all right. <laughs> if he's any... one of three footballing brothers, of yeah. course, uh, alongside Leandro Fernandez and Uvita Fernandez, I can't remember the first name, who was subject of his own transfer yeah. chat. I can't remember his first name either. Nicolas Fernandez? Nicolas, yes. yes. Well done, he was going somewhere or other. I can't remember where. You're pushing my memory. Is it mentioned on this page, Tony? Probably. Do a quick search. This is going to take a while. Search the page. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yes. If if you're interested in the story that Tony has just 
written for us. I was, I was going to say painted, and I thought, no, you don't paint a story. That's a mixed metaphor. If you're interested in the picture that Tony has just painted for us yeah. and want to find out more about Brian Fernandez, um, then one of the very important oh, things... Just come on to it. Oh, yes, Ricardo Centurion. <laughs> uh, then one of the very important things that you should be aware of before you Google his name is that it isn't spelt Brian. It's spelt Brian. No, it's spelt it's Brian. B-R-A-I-A-N, no. isn't it? No, no, no it's, it's actually no, it's spelled B-R-I-A-N. Yes. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I thought he was one of the Brian's with a, an H in there no. somewhere. Yes. Or something. Yes. That's, that's Ryan Aleman, I think. Yes, example. Brian Aleman yeah. is yes. one of the many. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Solorance. Yeah. Leo Vita Fernandez. Leo Vita Fernandez. Leo Okay, super. Okay, next listener's question. These ones are all from today now. Tom Robinson, having recently watched the Argentine prison drama El Marginal... I was surprised to see Rodrigo Mora appear, that's the former River Plate player, of course, as a recurring character, and even Rolando Esquiavi, or Rolando Speed Esquiavi, as we call him on this podcast, with a brief cameo. Which current Superliga player would you like to see in a Netflix series? None. Ricky Centurion, right? Yeah, it's a little on the nose, but, I mean, it fun. Maybe we, I, I would do... With, for example, um, Atlanta, Almagro, uh, kind of a Sunderland to a die thing. Yeah. He, okay. We were talking about Spinelli of, of the record, and I think Spinelli could be in a teenager. Spinelli's got the, the, the pin up. The presence, yeah. yeah. As, well, yeah. as, he, a, as a bland, bland hair, a teenager, like. Uh, he's got the looks. Yeah. yeah. He, he could be in one of RuPaul's Netflix series, because as I've said before on Twitter, I think he'd make a very beautiful drag queen. Mm. Yes. Um, so that's going to be yeah I'm going to jump on well I, I work uh, with a sister so I know how he will look like some women so <laughs> okay <laughs> no further questions then a, a listener I think that mentioned Centurion and Ricardo Caruso Lombardi who is not a player but a coach and he had his own uh, TV show like, like Liptovich TV show when he tried to punch Javier Garcia oh uh, yeah but he got off the you know, you know Caruso should, should do a talk show yeah, I was about to say the same thing. It's awesome. That will be amazing. Yes. Fuck you with Ricardo Caruso Lombardi. Yeah. 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 I will pay for that. Um, Jamie. Don't measure me with Ricardo Caruso <laughs> Lombardi. Jamie, uh, Mr. Newell's in English, says, where do I even begin? Centurion at Belles. Can it work? We've kind of answered that one already. Yeah. Maybe yes, but probably no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mascherano at Estudiantes. Will it be a cameo a la De Rossi? Oh, we haven't mentioned De Rossi. We'll talk about De Rossi in a bit. Ooh. Or has he still got something to offer? I think he's still got something to offer. I think initially. If he, he plays in defence at least. Yeah, especially at centre-back. Yeah. Yeah. By, by his own admission, about six months ago or something, there was some, a couple of journalists sort of spoke to him and said, hey, you know, wouldn't you like to come back and play for Marcelo Gachardo's River? Uh, and he said, look, I'm in no position to play for River at the moment, the way that River are playing no. and, and where I am. But I, I think for, uh, no offence to Estudiantes, but I, I think for a lesser Superliga side, he can definitely do a job. So, is Junke still there? Yes. Yes. So, yeah. that would be a... a... I, I was about to raise the odds about that, because Marcos Rojo could go to Estudiantes. Think of a centre-back pairing of Mascherano and Marcos Rojo. Oh, I would go to the pitch for that. Young, young boys with Junke uh, and Rojo... Uh, yeah. Is the Sabato still there at seventy five no. or the no, sure. Sabato? No, but you finally but, retired. No, but you have uh, Anduja. So yeah. Hmm. Um, and Jamie's final question is: Isn't Boca's appointment of Miguel Angel Russo a tad revisionist and lacking in ambition? Yes, I think we kind of answered that one when they initially appointed yeah. him because it was just before we finished for the 
Yeah, and yeah. It was very strange, yeah. kind of Rikinami talking about, you know, we're going to inject new blood into Boca, we're going to turn this club around. He, uh, the Rikinami ticket gets in and it's like, oh, when, when should you we look, just. It's, it's also. Should we just appoint the last coach you want us to look at? It? I mean, you'd love yeah, to yeah, sure. a bit weird with, you know, the league is currently held, but admittedly they're probably not going to defend the title, but the league is currently held by Racing under Chacho Caldet. Yeah. Argentinos until the other day were leading it with Diego Dabobe you know you've got and then the team who Boca more than anybody else at the moment want to catch up with and overtake River are led by all three teams are, are, are led by relatively young managers mm. coming through you know, the future of Argentine coaching talent in a way yeah. um, or at least very much the present and they've gone for somebody who's sort of 10 or 15 years at older least, now yeah, already Russo was tremendously successful 15 or 10 years ago I mean, so, I remember he was past it almost when he uh, coached Racing, and that was 2010. Mm. So, oh, right. 10 years later. Yeah. Mm. We will see, though. I mean, well, the, the young, the it's going to be entertaining because he seems like a lovely chap. The young yeah, yeah. He's, and, yeah. And, and he's a lot of fun. I think he's got a better hand. You know, this time last year, I remember we were recording with Mariano, um, who is now uh, dearly departed. That he's not dead. <laughs> He's moved to Colombia, so he's not going to be back on hand. Which is not quite the same thing um, as being dead. And he found it hilarious that, obviously being a San Lorenzo fan, he found it hilarious that Boca, a club that he strongly disliked, had signed a manager from Huracan, a club mm. he absolutely loathes, um, and said, ah, he's, he's going to last about three months. As it was, you know... Um, he stuck it out to the end yeah, of the year. Yeah, he, he, he lasted a bit longer than that. But he didn't really do very much better in many ways than Mariano's mm. prediction. Yeah. Um, and I think Russo certainly is going to have a better handle of, the, yes. of what it of takes what to be a manager. Yeah. In no, yeah. you know, more yeah. than anything, because he, he's done it already. Yeah. Um, so from that point of view... At and least, he knows how to use the media, he yeah. knows how to... There's going to be a lot of pressure off his back, big, just as yeah. a result of... You know, oh, the, yeah, the, the young blood that become promises was the uh, Adidas money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I won't go through the conversation about um, that took place on Twitter, but it, you can check out our, our retweets on the Hand of Pod Twitter account if you want to see the conversation between various listeners and Dan uh, about uh, that Netflix series. Um, oh, and indeed, Andres has joined in now as well. I didn't notice that one. Um, Lee Bartlett says, uh, Santiago Garcia's transfer from Godoy Cruz to Argentinos, is this still on or is it now dead? I, this was the first um, I've heard of it. If they do, if they do land El Morro, I think we can say goodnight. The I, I think Superliga the, title is wrapped up. Indeed, yeah, that could be the welcome Argentinos so. next Superliga champion. That's, that's Liverpool. Ouch! Santiago Silva and El Morro up front. That is sexy. That's a that's a sexy forward lad. Yeah, really yeah. I think that was attached to the possibility of Ouch leaving Argentinos, which would for Racing, for Racing, yeah, which was madness. Yes, but you will love it. <laughs> No, I really wouldn't. <laughs> I do love Alchi, but I don't want him back at Racing. He can stay in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to cross the... the no, 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 that's fine. I'll, I'll love him from a distance. Yeah, I'm happy with that. So you um, want Pichud and Alchi, Pichud to stay at Racing and Alchi not to go back? Well, since 2011, come <laughs> Well, Russo is at Boca. Yes. Next question. Next question from Jamie. Uh, he says, oh, I didn't even get around to mentioning Danny Osvaldo. Oh. If you have time for another question... Can you even see him getting match fit? Uh, so the story for this, behind, very long-term listeners might remember Danny Osvaldo, the um, footballer who retired from football at the age of about 28 to take up 
rock music. Was it 2016? Do we not want it? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Uh, he was already quite an insufferable bell ending before he finished playing. Uh, he's not really got any more tolerable since. And well, he got chucked out of Boca for smoking, for in, the smoking in the dressing yeah. room. Yeah, yeah, supposedly. Although no, it's been various parties have since yeah. said it hasn't happened, and then well, to lots and lots of other well, people. I think yeah, it's admitted it. Yeah, that was the um, reason. And um, yeah, basically, uh, Banfield have, have done a deal with him, and he's training with them, and is going to be playing for them again. Very, very talented in his day. He was an Italy international, in spite of... He was very good, yeah. yeah, yeah. Roma so, especially, he was, it was very good. It's a typical case of that kind of player that went yeah. sideways. Yeah. 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 My favourite thing about this whole move was um, was Fancioni's reaction, uh, his new coach at Banfield. Hmm. Uh, he got asked about... Just about oh, the least Julio Cesar Fancioni player, apart from the cigarettes, that I can imagine. Indeed, that was, that was the point. He got asked in the press conference, um, or by reporters... Uh, what are you going to do about uh, Danny Smoking? It's like, and he said, yeah, it's all right as long as he comes up to my office and and uh, bums me a couple. We're, <laughs> we're going to get on. <laughs> the the main difference, of course, in the playing careers being that Falcioni was a goalkeeper, so could probably afford to chuck a few. I mean, if you look at whereas the players he used to smoke in Falcioni's day, wasn't limited to goalkeepers. Look at Jan Gruff. For example, it, well, indeed, yeah, okay. Um, he wasn't afraid but, of that faculty. I mean, yeah, I, I can see him getting match fit enough for the Superliga. Um, yeah, that really difficult. He's got to yeah. be. I mean, he must be thirty-two or thirty-three. Thirty-two, or something, I think. Yeah, he's not played seriously. I mean, let, let's, let's five, be honest. Years. He, and by I'd all accounts, his band was shit. Really yeah, yeah, he that's, went back to, that's to football because the band yeah, was they were on that Absolutely terrible Fox Nunkes uh, Tarde thing a couple of times. I mean, I was unlucky enough to see. Them performing a couple of songs on various television programs because yeah. the sports channels here all have late night talk shows and stuff as well. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm, rock isn't my favourite genre, but I, I don't mind. You can tell. I don't mind it. Um, when something's but, uh, I, I very much minded Daniel Spellberg. <laughs> um, Perfect Tommy says, "Who's your pick to win the league?" I think we've sort of betrayed that one already. Yeah, unless I'm assuming that they're taking lands. Assuming assuming that River can be vaguely bothered, River. And uh, how was your summer break? It's alright. Good. Yeah, Yeah. fine. It was a very nice summer break. I didn't really watch very much football. Warm. I include Manchester United in that. I watched all their games, but I didn't see much football. Um, And that's another tweet about the television series from Lee. Uh, And Estudiantes in English says, "Who has had the best break?" Uh, not not of us, but in terms of transfers, well, both in I and can, out. I can go on quickly if you want to. And now I hand over to Tony, who's actually done some research for this question. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to try to be as quick as possible with this. Um, I'm going to go club by club, but just saying the, the biggest names to, just to get on with it. Uh, most of the listeners are going to notice that the, the, the teams under the relegation zone or fighting for relegation are the, the, the most active. Which is makes sense. Aldo Civi was a big name. Rodrigo Contreras from the Necaxa. Pablo Becker from Rosario Central. Yeah, that's a big name. Argentina Juniors. Are we gonna really going to go through every single transfer? Gonna, no, not everyone. Just oh, the, the, the important ones. Um, <laughs> Argentina Juniors today confirmed Matias Caruso. So they're going to strengthen the defense oh. a little bit. And Kei Macalister that came back from Boca. Matias Caruso who was champion with yes. Argentina in 2010. Sorry. Matias Caruso was champion with Argentina yes. in 2010. No, maybe he sorry, but you will say that he could, it's not of course uh, sure, he could leave now because Brighton, or he, he got the, the permit, work permit. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, he, he literally went. He went to Boca a year ago on an eighteen-month loan deal, or on a six-month loan deal, yes. and then it was extended to twelve months at the beginning of the season or something. But yeah, they can have him when they want to now, essentially, if they want to recall yeah. him. Um, Arsenal doesn't have anything to notice. Again, uh, also Atletico Tucumán. Uh, Banfield, we talk about Daniel Sualdo. We can add to that to Neri Leyes and Fayan Bordagaray. Sorry, uh, Sergio Vitor left to uh, Saudi Arabia. Bordagaray is still doing the rounds. Yeah. Christ. Interesting, right? Uh, and Damonte left Banfield, retired, and now the coach of Huracan. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Amazing. Boca yeah. Juniors, uh, Guillermo Paul Fernandez from Cruz Azul, Leonardo Jara from DC United. Who was a return, a loan return. A loan return, okay. yeah. Are the biggest name Carlos Zambrano, which is a Peruvian that played for Senate, are the biggest rumor right now going on. Boca have got a bit of a thing with their um, the number of foreigners they can have in their squad at once, though. Yeah, they've got to let somebody go if they can bring it. Yeah, because the Sebastian Perez uh, came back too, yeah. so they have to to do that. And obviously, the retirement of the Rossi. Bisha was rumored to, to leave. If he leaves, that will be. Yeah, because he's Colombian, right? Um, Central Cordoba, we don't have anything uh, much. To talk about Colón, we talk about Brian Fernandez, which is the biggest name and how probably it's going to be a little bit of trouble. Um, estudiantes with Javier Mascherano, Martin Cauterucho, Martin Cauterucho still oh, Cauterucho. going around with that. Yeah, and Lucas Rodriguez, he was playing at DC United too, it's a youngster. Yeah. Uh, he's come back? He's com coming yeah, back. Yeah, and we talk about Marco Rojo, Marcos Rojo a little bit. Gimnasia did really well. Maradona chose the players uh, wisely, apparently. Yeah. Lucas Barrios. Lucas Barrio, Paolo Goltz, Maximiliano, uh, yeah, Maximiliano Cuadra from Racing that was playing at Union de Santa Fe, and Matias Pérez García, mm -hmm. the biggest names. Back. Yeah. The man um, with three accents. The two accents. <laughs> right. We talk about Huracán and the new manager, and they, they don't have the, the, the resources, apparently, to, to sign anyone. In Independiente, Leandro Fernández came back from Vélez, and Brian Romero from Atlético Paranaense. Lanús with Fernando Belucci that uh, came for free from San Lorenzo and Guillermo Bordizo are the biggest names. Guillermo Bordizo is bad. He's just as well they got Bellucci for free because yeah. you don't want to spend money on him now. He's <laughs> at my age. He's ancient. Yeah. He's a footballer. Yeah. And Guillermo Bordizo has been out for because of a uh, heart. Uh, yeah, he was really sick, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, supposedly they're going to pay for the, for the medical stuff. Right? Uh, News doesn't have any, anyone to... to New to the team, Patronato with Federico Vieto, which is a long uh, project from Racing, I think. Uh, the younger brother, the younger one Luciano of Vieto. Yes. yes. Uh, Racing had a little bit of transfer saga with Fertoli, play, uh, with the dispute between mm -hmm. Nils and San Lorenzo. He's there now. He played play. against Atletico Paranaense. He's day. confirmed. In yeah. terms of things that might interest our listeners, Racing have also brought in Benjamin Garret from Manchester mm -hmm. City. Oh, right. Uh, is that on loan or is that a transfer? It's a transfer. Because yes. um, he was he moved there when he was about 16 or something. Yeah, there was a whole hoo-ha, right? Uh, between either City or another club in Vélez who said mm. they yes. poached him. They used the... Uh, what's it called? They were about Madden. to sign him and then City swept in and swooped in. No, Vélez were pissed because he went at like 16. Yeah. And they used the excuse that he kind of said, oh, my family are moving abroad for yeah, work and that. Yeah, Potestad. Which is, River have lost somebody as a result of that just last week. And ah, yes. quite so, annoyed with yes. it as well, but apparently yeah. it's somebody... The dad says, look, they off, uh, 
we wanted to sign a contract and they haven't offered us one, so we're going to be shut around instead. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Um Rosario Central, uh, Marco Ruben it's back. Again. 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 This is like his fourth spell. <laughs> fourth I didn't realize spell. it. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. he scored when against he left. Uh, Boca and River in the Libertadores. Yes. He, when he left, he had a fight with the, with the directors. Well, they're different now, so nothing happens. Um, <laughs> San Lorenzo, we can talk about quickly about Donati, yeah. the wrestling player that now is played for, for um, San Lorenzo. And Monetti is back. Again. Again. Because the previous spell at San Lorenzo went so well for him. So well. Couldn't. Right. Uh, Young just have Elisari, who was playing for Dorados when Maradona mm -hmm. was, the, was the coach. Vélez, we talk about Ricardo Centurion, and they add Mauro Piton, one of the brothers, not the left back, which is the goal scorer from San Lorenzo, is the no. midfielder. He doesn't score us. He doesn't yeah. score as much, and that's all. <laughs> okay, I am going yeah. to say, from the list that you've just read out, and also from looking at some of them over your shoulder, um, the best of those, I think, is Gimnasia. Yeah. Yes. Hey, <laughs> Hands down. The two La Plata clubs in fact, have, have done quite well, but Gimnasia have brought in... Well, if Estudiante can manage to, to bring Rojo, I think yeah. that, that will be enough. I mean, Gimnasia brought in players, Goltz, Quadra, decent players in every area of the pitch that they needed to strengthen... Even, uh, sorry, I, I forgot, uh, uh, even they, they, they managed to bring a goalkeeper, which is probably... The, I mean, oh. the, the goalkeeper was a young one, the one who was playing Arias. Yeah. In oh, they, had, they had a little bit of blunders yeah. now and then, and then they. I liked Martin Arias. It's not bad, like but him. they lacked the concentration, I yeah. think. Only about 22, 23. And so. they yeah. brought uh, Jorge Brown, Faturo Brown, the ex Colon goalkeeper ah, from right. Ludo Beret. So mm. they also strengthened on goal. I mean, they, they, they took care of every part of the beach, clearly. And I think we were unanimous that the worst chance of window belongs to Wenyam, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unión de Santa Fe, that was they're still selling players like it's 2002 for pennies and a bag of chips. This they might be challenged if indeed River do manage to lose Quintero or somebody else really important without replacing them before the yes. end of the window. But if, if assuming River can hang on for a week without anybody buying one for another, but Quintero, for, they'll be happy enough. Yeah. But for for a bit Union of Unión still have the yeah for a bit of, of context, Unión lost four of the starting players in the week before. Tomorrow, which is the first game. So yeah. to, to more, uh, yesterday, Madalon went on to a, a conference saying, "Okay, I'm going to think about the game t tomorrow and uh, well on Friday and Saturday. I'm going to see the problems because they lost the best centre back or the youngest centre back because the other one is Botinelli to Seoul Sanders. They lost Martinez for a bag of chips to Rosario Central. Mm -hmm. All the transfers they were on loan. They ended up with like Cuadra. Mm -hmm. So." They really think, especially in the in the midfielder area, they they brought Mardoni, which is a, a good number five, but it's not ready yet. So maybe Madelon is going to leave Union again. I'm just trying to look up where Union actually are in the table at the moment. Uh, they are they're, they're 17th yeah. in the championship table, but in the more importantly in the relegation table. Oh no, they're they're well clear of it. They're 11th in the relegation table, so they don't have that to worry about. They've got 99 points from 68 yeah. games. Also, to quickly to give a bit more of context, the last time the the um, the, the, the socios of Union went on to have the the meeting of the last of the end of the year, mm -hmm. they approved that the um, the Prussian Luis Span uh, has a debt. Well, actually, the club has a debt to the Prussian. The 80% of the debt of the club 
is owned to the president because the president is not signing it's players. It's not signing players with the the checks from the club. It's the personal checks. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I know. That's, that's very crooked to indeed. the point that it sounds like it should be against super legal regulations. No, it's not. Or illegal, indeed. And yeah, both per super legal regulations, yeah. it's not illegal. Mm. Another thing to, to talk about between super legal or a, or a primera yeah. division. And in the other club of Santa Fe, Colón, some, something really strange happened. There were the barras in the training session. Yeah. That's not for <laughs> That's not, that's not <laughs> I mean, strange. Completely straightforward. Asking for money. Yeah. Oh, you're being sarcastic. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is uh, Pulgar Rodriguez staying at Colón or has he left? Yeah, yeah they apparently paying paying to him well enough. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. Except from the mosquitoes, well, I think they're going to do it right. Yeah. Um, Rossi, we have been saying all episode that we needed to mention at least Daniele De Rossi. So we're going to do it. Somebody hinted at him in the questions. Daniele De Rossi, ladies and gents, has it's retired from football. We could have given you this news six months ago, um, but we had to delay it because he, he took the decision to come on a bit of a pre-retirement holiday to yeah. Buenos Aires. Well, apparently now he might just stay on. Now he's, safe, now he's safely back in Italy. He's flirting with uh, Venezia. Oh, okay. oh, Venezia. Ah, I, 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 oh, I see. So basically he just wanted a shot of vodka, yeah. really. He's, he had a few barbecues, he had some matches. Well, there, there was something to do with his daughter that happened in Italy, right? Or, or misses, possibly he misses, that happened here. He the, the daughter. It had to do with the arrangement with his former uh, wife, yeah, I think. Yeah. Originally they were going to move down here as well. They, they were looking into schools for his kids or something, and they didn't. And yeah. So I mean, I could understand wanting to leave. For personal yeah. reasons. But if he um, retired, so But yeah, the announcement certainly until today was that he was retiring from football, which given that he announced that he was retiring from football when he left Roma, <laughs> and then uh, like two weeks later was like, no, actually, I'm going to sign for Boca Juniors for a year. Mm. And now he's announced he's retiring from football to leave Boca Juniors and apparently is now going to sign for Valencia. Um, Venezia. Maybe this will become a Venezia, not Valencia. Oh, Venezia. Well, he, Venezia. he's, he, he's um, still going to be around Genoese people, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, true. But there's the the link there. That's true. Are they are they sister clubs? Do we know? Nah, they, no, I don't think almost so. certain they're not. No. Um, but yeah, there's this whole kind of it's all been very silly. Even the day it was announced, it started out as there will be an announcement today. I, I remember this because I was recording um, uh, a, a different podcast at the time where we were sitting in a cafe and it started flashing up on the on the. Uh, television channels behind <laughs> behind us. It, was, it started out as uh, there'll be an announcement today. The the president of Boca Juniors is going to make an announcement about Daniele De Rossi, mm-hmm. and then like half an hour later, it comes up. Daniele De Rossi is, has retired from football. It's like oh, that, that's oh no, it was Dan, Daniele De Rossi is, has left Boca Juniors. It was like oh, that's juicy. And then half an hour after that, it was, Daniele De Rossi might leave Boca Juniors. And then about an hour after that, it was. Daniel De Rossi has retired from football. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, they just. That happened very quickly. Yeah. It's really escalated. Um, the best we can say about De Rossi is that he lived in Buenos Aires and he went to El Tano Steakhouse in Alcinia. Yep. So he pretty much saw the best of um, the greater Buenos Aires area. Yeah. You can't he, he even said that it was weird because he, he made all the medical stuff, he recorded the, the, the marketing stuff for Aldas and he. He was thinking about being retired. Why would you do that? Yeah, he played seven games. 
He scored one goal. It was a very important goal. His debut. It was was on his debut, and it was uh, in what turned out to be a 2 1 defeat in the Copa Argentina against Al Macron. Not the 2 1 defeat, it was 1 1 on penalties. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was misremembering. Thank you. Um, But yeah, equally, it didn't turn out to be a particularly important goal. Um, and, And that was about it. Yeah. Really? So. Farewell, Daniela De Rossi, we hardly knew you. Um, next, after this piece of theme music, you will hear Mystic Sam's predictions for the weekend to come, along, of course, with the fixtures for the weekend to come. Okay, we will whip through these nice and quickly. Uh, if you want to challenge me next week, of course, then you should tweet in to Hand of Pod or email uh, or get in touch via the contact page on the website. You all know where to find me. Um, this week's matches, we start with, as I said earlier, four games on Friday. I'm not sure why, because Friday isn't a... Hang on, actually, I should check it. Friday isn't a bank holiday, is it? No. No? no. It's not a public holiday. Okay, good. Right, so for some reason, we start at... Uh, 35 minutes past 5, 25 to 6, as normal people would say, on Friday evening, uh, with Aldo Sibi versus Lanús. I'm going for a draw in that game. Uh, Gimnasia versus Belis Sarsfield. I'm going to go for a draw there as well. Gimnasia <laughs> has all of their signings in Yeah, the I mean, the signings they've made, and even the form they were in before the break, it wouldn't a win for either team wouldn't surprise me. A bit of Moncho from Maduro, maybe. I'm just going to sit on the fence and say a draw. Union versus Argentinos Juniors. These are the, there, there are two quarter to ten kickoffs tomorrow night, annoyingly. Union versus Argentinos Juniors. I'm going for an Argentinos win. And Rosario Central versus Huracan. I think Central will edge it, but I don't expect that one to be a very pretty game. On Saturday. Uh, we also have four games, also starting at half past five. They all start relatively late, for those of you in Europe particularly, if you're watching off an app, uh, because we're still in the summer time um, uh, thing, where we can't kick off any games before 5pm, according to the Players' Union, because it's too hot. Um, Arsenal versus Newells, I think, will be an Arsenal win. Central Cordoba versus Colón, I'm going to go for a Central Cordoba win. San Lorenzo via Estudiantes. Um, San Lorenzo via Estudiantes. We're going for an Estudiantes win. And Godoy Cruz versus River is, is the one that's really easy to call, given what we said earlier. I think River are going to win it. They've had a game of practice. We've already mentioned they've got a very strong away record. Uh, they're in Mendoza. Godoy Cruz are awful. And then on Sunday there are four games. Defensa y Justicia host Tacheres, and I think Defensa y Justicia will win that game. Banfield, uh, Danny Osvaldo's Banfield versus Patronato, I think will be a... I'm going to go for a Banfield win with Danny Osvaldo scoring the winning goal with his cigarette butt. Um, <laughs> Racing versus Atletico Tucumán is going to be a draw. And Boca Juniors versus Independiente. Ooh. That's an interesting that's one. Yeah, that's... Oh, it is indeed, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go... I, th- I think that Russo's going to get a, a happy return. I'm, I'm going to go for Boca to win that one. Um, most interesting-looking fixtures of the weekend, gents? 
Fuck your independiente, obviously. I don't think it's, it's, it's a lot about the, the, the fixtures, about how the teams, some teams are gonna do after the break. Like, yeah, so Gymnasia, the, Colón, I think they're gonna Normally, be I don't do Mystic Sam on the first round back after a long break because I don't pay attention to friendlies. I don't know how any of these teams are doing. Friend, a, lot, a lot of the time, the teams don't pay attention to friendlies either, so. There's no real form to go on, but this time I thought, well, we should talk about the fixtures. Yeah, potentially San Lorenzo Estudiantes could be and Racing Adrio Tucumán. Yeah, San Lorenzo Estudiantes could be. Yeah, we'll have to see. Gimnasia Vélez has the potential to be a lot of fun as well. Mm. It looks fun, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to see how the Argentina is going to And as I said, the one to avoid would probably be Central B Huracan. And there's a Civil Lanús um, called Dios. And the Civil versus Lanús looks like it might very well not be a classic. Also, Arsenal versus Newell's, unless Newell's have got rather better than they finished the year, um, mm. then that, that could turn out to be a bit dull. Although Arsenal, well, Arsenal's kind of started the season brightly and then faded. It depends very much yeah. for both of those two. Actually, the same could be said of Newell's, if I remember right. Same could be said about pretty much every yeah, team. Yeah. 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 Mato, the only attractive that will be there if he's Ovaldo finally plays. Yeah. I don't think so, because after three years of not Having played uh, professionally, I think he will need more time, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have bet on him signing for a team. I wouldn't have bet on him signing for a team. And if you told me Danny Osvaldo is going to sign for a club, and it's Gymnastic, not going to be one sure. of his former clubs, then <laughs> I wouldn't have bet on him signing for the one managed by Julio Cesar Falcioni. Yeah. Of all of the teams, like, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it seems like a bit of an odd partnership to me. But anyway, there we are. Uh, the big question for the few months ahead is are River going to bother with the league or not uh, we sure, have they've got nothing else then. Like, why wouldn't they well, well no I, I agree yeah. <laughs> but they frequently haven't done in the past I think I shall so we will begin to find out well we kind of already did begin to find out but we'll, we'll begin to get a real handle on that situation this weekend um, and for now can I make quickly oh, just super quickly very um, there's no Primera Femenina this weekend there's the coming oh, back of the, of the second division uh-huh. Where Argentinos, Ferro, Comunicaciones, and All Boys are they keep pushing for a, a promotion uh, yeah. to the Primera. How many teams go up? Uh, two. Two. So okay. yeah, and there, there's a tight uh, fight there with Banfield also involved, Sarmiento involved, but I think Argentinos and Ferro are the, the main uh, candidates. Argentinos look well. I mean, they're five clear of third place, Comunicaciones. Yes. So they, they, they look well placed. And if anyone is in San Juan uh, on the weekend of the well between the 26 and 31 of this month, the Boca and River are going to play a tournament against a local team in San Juan, the oh. Femenina ones. So, yeah. um, if you are a Patreon subscriber and you want to remind yourselves of where the women's championship, the the Primera, is is up to at the moment, then uh, Hand of Pod Extra episode 119 is now up. I uploaded it on the weekend and that is the one in which Tony tells us what's what so far this season. So go and listen to that. Don't forget, if you want to become a Patreon subscriber, go to patreon.com slash handofpod and give us your money. And if you want to give somebody else money and help us out a little bit as well at the same time, and also get to watch all of this weekend's Superliga action, get over to fntz.co slash hop and sign up for Fanatis with discount code H-O-P-F-Z. We are now going to go and record something for Hand of Pod Extra for our darling patrons. For now, thank you and goodbye from Andres. Thank you, goodbye. English down. Goodbye. Tony. Thank you, goodbye. And me, thank you and goodbye. <laughs>